Hey everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila reporting from Dallas County and I'm here with Jessica Poop. And we're here and we're uh, she's in San Antonio. Is that right, Jessica Poop? Yeah. Why are you saying it like that? Saying like what? Jessica Poop? <laughs> that. It's a funny name. It's a funny name as like a cool banter is what I read. Mm, no. What? Nope. No, you don't think so? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, uh, we have we are back. This is a uh, we were back from hiatus. Want to tell everybody why we were on hiatus? Uh, yeah. Um, one second. Let me. There we go. I broke my ankle. I broke my ankle at the beginning of April. Freaking fell down the stairs like a turd. Uh. My little dog has a really bad habit of running up the stairs um, when we're trying to keep him downstairs. Uh, and there's carpet upstairs, so that's why we try to keep him away because he's he's bad. <laughs> he's a bad dog when it comes to carpet. And so I went to go get him, and I was bringing him down, but I was holding him out like, you know, like Simba um, in The Lion King. Why? I was holding him because he sheds a lot, and I didn't want to get his hair all over my sweater well now now what do you think what's a good trade-off a little bit of hair on the on the well, sweater yeah, i didn't expect to being miss in step. a cast for two months so i was like um two or three steps away from the bottom when it happened i misstepped i like overstepped and caught my um heel on the, the step and it i just went forward i couldn't catch my grip or anything because I had the dog I didn't want to just like drop him but I eventually it ended up happening when I was like mid-roll okay now this is this is very <laughs> important this is very important is the I, dog okay he was fine I was worried about him okay. though um I did see him as I was going down like kind of like land a little hard on the stairs but then he darted back upstairs <laughs> I couldn't do anything so when I finally got down I finally like pulled myself up from um the fall, my my foot was completely, almost completely turned all the way around. I had to like snap it back forward. <laughs> it was, it was like oh, and it was the worst pain. Yeah, you're not oh supposed to do that. You, like only a trained like medical professional should do that because you might put it in no, wrong. No, the pain, like period, like that didn't really it didn't really do much of anything as far as the pain level, like up or down, it was already like an extreme pain. I would say that this pain was probably worse than childbirth. I've had three kids and that, that, that was pretty worse close than, to being worse than worse that. Than a broken bone is worse than childbirth. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. bad. It was really bad. I don't know. I don't have the x-rays. I only have the x-rays of when they uh, did the surgery with yep. the, um, uh, so, I got screws and plate in my ankle. It's weird. Okay. So if a guy yeah. comes to you and say, I pretty much know the pain of childbirth because I broke a broke a bone, would you say that that's valid? Uh, I don't know. It depends on what bone. Like, this bone, this right here, it keeps your foot connected to your leg. Mm -hmm. And it was completely like yeah. broken. Yeah. And then like, they had to... I could not stand on it. Like, but I mean, that's my my experience with my childbirth pain and my broken bone. <laughs> so that's my opinion on okay. it. So, but we that's that, that's yeah. why we were out because I was so for like minimum six weeks I was not supposed to be on my foot at all. So that meant that I was on pain pills and literally laying in bed for about a month. <sighs> It was bad. The house became a wreck. It was just terrible. It's like everything falls apart when mom's not here. And I was here, but I was just like not be able to do anything. It was it was hard for mm -hmm. everybody. But I'm almost back to normal. Um, I kind of walk with the limp still, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm almost I'm almost all the way better, but it's still kind of swollen by my ankle, like on both sides. But It'll, I'm giving myself another like two months and I'll be 100% back to normal. All right. Another two months? 
Yeah, because the bones still, like, I, I fucked it up pretty bad. So the bones on e- both sides of my foot, because they said that I did completely break my ankle, like, fractured completely. And then I had a small fracture on one of my bones on the inner side of my, um, above my ankle. So, like, it was just a bunch of mess I made. So it's still kind of big. And at the end of the night, if I'm on my foot too long, it still does get swollen. So it's not all better yet, but I'm getting there. Okay. Well, we're getting there. And long story short, we had to chop it off. Right, Jessica? <laughs> oh, God. Have I, I mean, there was this, when I was in the emergency room, um, they have to, it's so weird from the way things were back when I was a kid. Of course, stuff has improved big time. But um, they just put me in a splint. They said, we have to wait till the swelling goes down before they're able to do any surgery on you. So I literally, they had to move my foot, like turn it and straighten it, like point it up. They had to do that and put a splint, like wrap me. And I was like in pain. They hadn't even given me pain meds yet at that time. And I was like, Oh my God, it hurts so bad. And then they took the x-rays and then the doctor called them and said, I want y'all to redo it. (laughs) I was like, Are you fucking kidding me. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> I'm dead. But before they did it the second time, they said, Let me let us give you some pain meds. Really? Okay. Now? <laughs> but yeah, it was bad. Mm. Okay. Well now we're back and better than ever. <laughs> Jessica has a robot leg now. I, I wondered, I was like, am I going to like go off in metal detectors or something? Like, But Probably. I went through one and they didn't do anything. Or maybe they, I don't know if he was or not. Okay. I mean, pretended. Okay. <laughs> but like, if that's, if it wasn't on, that's, we got other problems. I don't know. Is <laughs> that the Alamo Dome when my daughter graduated? So I don't know. Those people seemed like they didn't really know what they were doing. So they have like the metal detector. They would just come in like. Yeah, probably wasn't even on. <laughs> I probably just went like that just to do it. They yeah, did like. I walked through the big, the big one, you know, the one you gotta walk through. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It didn't go off. Oh, okay. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, but uh, I also kind of want to talk to uh, talk to you about this kind of like this big thing that happened in the podcast world. Uh, I don't know how much you are in into the podcast world. But since that's what we're doing, I guess it's only fitting. Is uh, during this past week or two, there was a huge fallout between one of the top podcasts uh, out there called uh, Frenemies, with uh, hosted by Ethan Klein and Trisha Paytas. Both are very big in the YouTube sphere. And there are also uh, family asterisks. But they had a huge falling out on live camera uh, during an episode. Like a major like yelling match. Hmm. I'm going to leave. Left and like stop the episode right now early type fallout. And they said that, that it's probably done forever. Um... So what's what you what is what are you thinking? I have no idea who these people are. I've never even heard of this. So my question is is like how are we able to make it like three seasons? Because I know people say like, oh you shouldn't like work with, with family or anything, otherwise like this that something like that could happen. How do we make it work? I don't I mean like I don't know would these people were family? Pretty much, kind of. But they weren't? They're more like in laws. Oh, that's different. Mm-hmm. We blew, bro. We blew. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I have no idea who they are. I mean, so wait. So was this a pre-recorded podcast or was it live streamed? No, it was a pre-recorded podcast. And then they aired it. And then they aired it. Uh, that smells fishy to me. Okay. Hey, man. What is it? What is that called? Bad press is still press. I don't know if that rings true anymore. 
I have no idea. Like I said, I don't know what's going on with these people, mm. but I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like we have we have just a good a good relationship cousin bond here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that anything can come between that. I don't think so. Oh, so yeah. even even if we have disagreements or whatever, we understand we're both adults. We're allowed to have our own opinions on things and still be an adult about it and move on, you know? I don't know what their deal is, though. And then I call you and say, hey, are we still cool? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What? And then I'll say, I love you, Jessica. And half the time, I don't even know what you're talking about because it's (laughs) like, what do you mean are we cool? Duh, we're cool. What are you talking about? Okay. (laughs) I love you, Jessica. Love you, too. Okay. So let's go on into, like, the actual nitty-gritty of this whole thing. Also, money isn't involved when we do this because money does come more. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we don't – We don't. I guess we don't have any people listening, so. <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want me to look up how many people are listening? I can look up how many people are listening. Hi, four people that listen. No, it's, I think it's a lot more than that. But... <laughs> Let me look it's up. It's fine though. Like, maybe you're right though, because money can can mess up people's oh yeah, money mind, can definitely do that. State of mind, they get. Yeah, because that's what their argument was about. The, oh. It was about money. Um, though she does say like it's not about the money, even though it obviously kind of was, because she kept on bringing it up. Um, mm. so <laughs> I pulled up the stats. We have oh. one thousand five hundred plays. Oh, cool. Uh, but that's like all our videos. <laughs> yeah, it's all our videos. It's still pretty good, though. Yeah, I guess, yeah. What do you guess? I know. 27 people listen. Yay. Oh, no. What do you mean, oh, no? Oh, because my, my screen got frozen. Okay. So, yeah, okay. So, uh, let's go on to the meet and gritty. What are we talking about uh, this uh, this week? Um, I think you can correct me here. Uh, we're talking about um, uh, attempt. What is it? Hitman. That's Hitman. Right. There you go. There you go. I was gonna say it wrong. So <laughs> good. Yeah. We're we talking about Hitman or uh, cases where there was a, a higher yeah, hitman. hired hitman. Hitman, like a person who was killed by a hitman, a person who hired a hitman, or a hitman themselves. So yes. that's that's the basis of this particular thing. So yeah, so we're gonna go and we're gonna talk about various uh, cases uh, where a hitman was involved. Uh, do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay, I'll go first. So lay back. We're gonna spin you a web. Are you ready to be, for you to be spin spun a web? I'm ready. Okay, I'm gonna tell you the story <laughs> of Wanda Webb Holloway. Okay. Okay. So she was a woman from Channel View, Texas, known for attempting to hire a hitman to kill the mother of her daughter's junior high school cheerleading, cheerleading rival. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's like Karen, like. Mm. Okay. So let me tell you the story. So Holloway had an intense desire for her daughter, Shauna, um, to be a cheerleader. In 1991, when Shauna narrowly missed out on a spot for her junior high school squad, Holloway asked her ex-brother-in-law, Terry Harper, to hire a hitman to kill Verna Heath, mother of the 14-year-old girl who had beaten her into the squad. So, that's a... To kill the mother of the girl? Yeah. This is this was her thought process. Okay. So she she believed that Heath's daughter would be so devastated by her mother's death that she would drop out of the cheerleading team, thereby giving the spot to Shauna. So what, what a you, whack job! Seems a bit drastic. Yeah, but I guess it kind of makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. You hear that, well, everybody? I mean, Jessica like, I'm not trying sense. to. I can understand how she would think that, and I could understand if that's exactly what the girl did being taken over by grief but what ended up happening you so you're saying this is justified no i'm not i'm no, not you're saying, but oh, i you're understand just saying like the sense. ladies the ladies 
train of thought, even though it's so fucked up. Okay. So, <laughs> like, it's stupid. It's okay. all dumb. I can't so, believe this. So, however, unknown to Holloway, Harper, who was uh, her, her ex-brother-in-law who was told to go hire a hitman, had gone straight to the police after Holloway approached him, and she was arrested the next day. Damn. Oh, so it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't even it didn't even oh, get close. Good. Because uh, he ju- he immediately turned her in like a rat when it happened. Because he was a good dude. Mm-hmm. Look at him. So I bet you, I bet you, like, oh, like he he immediately went over there. He was like drove straight over there. I bet you he like sat on it for a little bit. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And then finally said, you know what? I can't. I can't. She's psycho. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what's in it for him? He's it says ex brother in law, so. So they're no longer technically in-laws anymore. So they're not family anymore. Mm-hmm. And he, him hire a hitman. I mean, he gives the hitman money. What, what, what does he gain in all this? Mm-hmm. So he's like, I see. So he's like, uh, to the police with you. Yeah, for sure. That man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So key evidence in this case for the prosecution headed by Mike Anderson came down to tapes provided by Terry Harper along with his testimony. These tapes revealed the words of Holloway offering her diamond earrings in exchange for never seeing Verna Heath in Channel View again. So she was going to pay with her earrings. So, well, I hope they were worth a good amount of money. <laughs> so the defense lawyer, Troy McKinney, argued that Holloway's ex-husband, Tony Harper, had conspired with his brother to frame Holloway. <laughs> McKinney uh, pointed to the divorce between Tony Harper and Wanda Holloway in 1980 and an ensuing custody battle over their children. So do you think it was a frame job? Nah. I don't think it was either. There's a reason why they're divorced. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm, loca? Sure, uh, I'm sure she's a great, good person. <laughs> asking a person to uh, hire, hire a hitman <laughs> to kill a mother of another child. Oh my god. Just be, just to get her child in a cheerleading squad that she probably won't remember for the next year. Yeah. 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 So Holloway was convicted of solicitation of capital murder in 1990 in the 1991 trial and sentenced to 15 years in prison. However, the conviction was overturned when it was discovered that one of the jurors was on probation for a drug test related felony. What? Wow. And should have never been allowed to serve on the jury and a mistrial was declared. So this being never served time? Huh? She didn't serve time at all. Well, he gets she gets another trial. So, oh, okay. Because okay. it's a mistrial, so she gets another one. So okay. Holloway hired a new defense lawyer, Jack Zimmerman. This time, Wanda Holloway admitted to the crime, pleading no contest, and Zimmerman successfully negotiated a plea deal for Holloway. Uh, so she did that. So on November 9th, nineteen ninety six, State District Court Judge George Godwin sentenced Holloway to 10 years in prison with a fine of $10,000. On top of this, Holloway settled a civil suit filed by the Heath family. On October 2nd, 1994, Holloway agreed to pay a total of $150,000 to the victims. It was decided in court that $70,000 would be given to Verna and her husband and $30,000 to the children of Verna and $50,000 to cover the legal expenses of the case. So, yeah. So Holloway was released on March 1st, 1997 after serving just six months of her sentence. (laughs) The judge ordered her to serve the remaining nine and a half years on probation and to complete a thousand hours of community service. So. That's insane. That's insane. How is that insane? Because she she pleaded no contest. She pretty much didn't have to serve hardly any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says, I do not wish to contend. You, can you imagine being that lady, the mom the, of the, 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 the... The almost victim? Yeah. 
<laughs> that somebody wanted you dead and yeah, almost did and it? they only served six months in prison. Oh yeah, but I'd be so pissed. But nine and a half probation though, and a thousand hours of community service. Oh wow! Which is like the worst kind of punishment when you have to yeah, do charity. Yeah, it is. I, it's kind of it, it kind of makes you a little bit sad that charity is like a punishment, right? Or like you a, are forced to go freaking volunteer over yeah. there in that freaking animal shelter. Yeah. <laughs> you have to serve soup to the homeless. You gotta go pick up trash by the highway. <laughs> uh, it's like it, it kind of makes you sad that it's, it's viewed as a punishment. It is. Yeah. <laughs> that you have to punish people to do it. Uh, but there were some like th- like some actual like films and stuff made based on this case like the positively uh true adventures of the alleged texas chains cheerleader murdering bomb which is a 1993 film on hbo which starred holly hunter as wanda holloway i wondered because it sounded familiar but that movie doesn't sound familiar okay there was another one called willing to kill which is a 1992 film on abc with leslie ann warren warren as wanda holloway and uh, there was another one. There's a book called Mother Love, Deadly Love uh, by Anne Meyer, which was written in 1994. And another one called Monsters, When Moms Go Bad. It's the, it was the pilot episode called A Killer Routine, which was a, sh- which was a show on, on investigative discovery. Um, thus ending the story of Wanda Holloway. So, yeah. Dang. Well... Luckily, her ex-brother-in-law was a smart man mm-hmm. and went straight to the police on this one because if he wouldn't have been, and if he... You know, I just wonder, like, what was it about the ex-brother-in-law that made her comfortable enough to go to him to do this? Maybe she thought, like, he was a sketchy... Like, maybe he thought she looked sketchy and probably It's probably him. because he is, or was, but didn't want to be involved in this oh trust a sketchy person would not go to the police well it's not that it was him it's that he knew people Mm. that's why she went to him to get those people you know what i mean yeah so you i don't know (laughs) she's Uh, yeah well that's that was crazy that was crazy i'm just glad that nothing nothing bad happened but it sucks that Justice really wasn't served i don't think not in my opinion in your opinion she only served six months in jail yeah but nine and a half years of probation whatever that means uh that means that she just can't come up like dirty on drug tests and she can't like travel to other states without permission oh without permission yeah like it's not and because it's not like a drug related or alcohol related i don't even know if i don't even know what the rules are for that Mm. you just can't mess up uh, if you, you messed up, you go straight back to jail. Don't hire another hitman. Yeah, yeah. Or go to go to somebody that you think is going to help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a thousand hours of community service, dude. Have you ever seen that? that I don't know if you ever seen that uh, Simpsons episode where Homer was sentenced for like a couple, like a like a like a couple hundred hours of community service, and he was like, "No, what about prison? Also, <laughs> go to prison." I'll serve anything but the community. No. <laughs> that was funny. There's a reason why that show has been on for 30 years. It's still on? Yeah, it's still on. Every With new episodes? Oh, yeah. It's still like season 33. <laughs> I didn't even know. I don't have cable, so I don't know. It's not on cable. It's on Fox, which is on network television. Well, I don't have, like, I don't have the, I probably do. I just don't have my TV connected, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's on Disney Plus as well. Oh, for real? Yeah. See, I have that. It's on Disney Plus, and the latest season is on Hulu. And I have Hulu. Yeah. I love Hulu. Hulu is my favorite. The entire season is on uh, Disney, the entire series is on Disney Plus. Hmm. So... Yeah, so that's the story of uh, Wanda Holloway. Uh, what do you got? 
Okay, so my story is about Tim Lambesis, and he was the singer for a metal band called As I Lay Dying. A Christian metal band. Yeah, a Christian metal band. They say now that they're, they don't like to uh, categorize themselves as such. That's if nice. that's the way you feel when you listen to their music, then that's the way you feel. But, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um... So, um, yeah, I'm just going to pull this from Wiki. Okay. That's where I'm going. Because I couldn't really find any articles that helped me with the timeline. Okay. All right. Go so, um, Lambesis grew up in Southern California and was voted most like Jesus by his classmates when he attended Santa Fe Christian School in Salona Beach, California as a teen. He attended Liberty University for a time and majored in religious studies. So that right there says that he's a religious dude, or at least grew up that way. Lambesis is a bodybuilder. So he got into bodybuilding. Oh, he's, and then he's evangelical? I, I don't know. I mean, Liberty is an evangelical university. Oh, yeah? yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so Lambesis is a bodybuilder, and he started his own YouTube fitness channel. Uh, he also is heavily tattooed. His tattoos include a rocking Jesus and a cyborg Arnold Schwarzenegger and a koi fish swimming upstream, which represents a quest for meaning and fulfillment. Hebrew writing across Jesus Christ in clouds and his largest completely covering his back, a samurai fighting a tiger, which represents the battle between reasons and instinct. So Lambesis married Megan Murphy in 2004 June 2004. And they have two daughters and a son, all adopted from Ethiopia. Mm. Lambesis has previously stated on multiple occasions that he is a Christian. During an August 2010 interview um, on the Full Armor of God podcast, Lambesis said, I can only really write about what I'm passionate about in life. So naturally, my faith, my belief in the teachings of Jesus and his resurrection come across in our lyrics. He was described as a follower of Jesus once more. So, so now he's married and he's got two kids. Well, actually, he's got two girls and a boy, and he's still all about Jesus. Okay. Starting in 2012, Lambesis has made several statements indicating a change in his religious beliefs in a post on his Tumblr page explaining some of the lyrics from SLA Dying album Awakened. Lambesis stated his studies of theology has led him to the conclusion that tradition and truth are often at odds with each other. While he noted that he didn't hate all religious beliefs and was still inspired by the words of Jesus, he was finding it very difficult for to outline exactly who it was that was worth citing. He was worth citing with. Hmm. Okay, and was increasingly regarding the God of tradition and ritual that I grew up with as a less and less of probable truth. He also quoted the book of uh, Pagan Christianity by George Barna and Frank Viola, noting that both Protestant and Catholic dominations have poisonous roots. Oof. Okay. Oof. What are you oofing All right. on? so it just sounds like he's just trying to really find find like truth in everything he's been taught Mm. and studying his whole life um in august 2012 lambisa sent an email to his wife megan murphy lambisis while on tour with as elaine dying in which he stated he no longer loved her had engaged in an extramarital affair and no longer believed in god oof they separated the same month. She filed papers in San Diego Superior Court one month later, one month later, September 2012, seeking a dissolution of their marriage, according to an online court database. In the divorce papers, Megan stated that Lambesis was obsessed with bodybuilding, spending endless hours at the gym, and was wasting thousands of dollars on tattoos. She also alleged that he had become dangerously distracted while watching their kids, including falling asleep while they played in their pool and had taken two last minute trips to Florida to see an extramarital girlfriend. When not on tour, Lambesis lived 
in Del Mar, California. Murphy and their children lived in Encitas. Encinitas. Encinitas. Yeah. Okay. So now we're moving on to the crime. Yeah, actually, yeah. All right. So on May 7th, uh, 2013, Lambesis was arrested in Oceanside, California for attempting to hire a hitman to murder his estranged wife, Megan Murphy. And according to the San Diego Sheriff's Department, was charged with soliciting an undercover detective to kill his wife. Lambesis approached someone at the, dim- the gym and asked if he knew anyone who would kill his wife. Lambesis met with an undercover agent posing as a hitman, codename Red, according to Deputy District Attorney Claudia Grasso. Or Grasso. Red asked Lambesis if he wanted his wife of eight years gone, and Lambesis said, Yes, that's what I want. He then gave the undercover agent an envelope containing $1,000 for expenses, pictures of his wife, her address, the code to get through the gate, and the date of which to kill her. Lambesis had directed the detective to he believed to be a hitman to kill his wife while he was with his children. So he would have an alibi. He agreed to pay $20,000 for the hit. Yeah. I was going to say like a thousand dollars is a bit low. <laughs> right. <laughs> so on May, 2013, the beast pled not guilty. Ding. To a felony charge of solicitation of murder and was ordered and held on a $3 million bail Despite prosecutors deeming Lambesis a flight risk and danger to the public, Lambesis bandmates, representatives for management and Metal Blade Records and band attorney Ian Friedman were in attendance at his arraignment. According to the district attorney of the case, an audio recording of the transaction between Lambesis and the undercover detective exists and was reportedly used at the trial. A readiness conference was set for June 10, 2013. And a preliminary court date was scheduled for July 10th, 2013. During the months of his initial arrest, Lambesis pleaded not guilty and his lawyer stated his thought process were devastatingly affected by his steroid use. A new bail hearing. Yeah. Steroid use. That's also illegal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's illegal to take, but you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to like compete with them, I guess. If he's not competing, I guess it's fine. I guess, right? I think they're not, they're still not legal. A new bail hearing was held by Lambesis on May 17, 2013, at which his defense attorney, Tom Warwick, had bail reduced from $3 million to $2 million. Lambesis was released on bail on May 30th. Lambesis was ordered to wear a GPS monitor, was subject to strict travel restrictions, and was unable to see or communicate with his wife and his three children. As a result, as LA Dines' mid-2013 tour with Kill Switch Engage was canceled. Yeah, that'll cancel. That'll end a tour. That surely did. Surely did. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. On February 25th, 2014, Lambesis changed his plea from not guilty to guilty and was sentenced to six years in prison on May 16th. 2014 and credited with 48 days of time served wow so while on house arrest lambesis made a lengthy post on his personal blog in which he stated that due to the ongoing criminal case he was unable to explain more about my case or explicitly state what my current worldview is but noted that after my incarceration I found myself re-evaluating topics that I had previously sworn I would never waste my time looking at again. Lambisa stated that I grew up in a Christian home and held that belief myself for many years. In the process of of sincerely trying to defend that belief in a scholarly way, and shortly after finishing my degree, I felt that it was unreasonable to call myself a Christian in light of the evidence. Many As I Lay Dying fans picked up on the note, on the not-so-subtle hints at my worldview change in a couple songs on Awakened. It was never really hidden. In 2014, Lambesis came out as an atheist, <laughs> claiming that he, along with other members of the band, just kept pretending to be Christian just to sell records. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> wow. I mean, religious... Music does sell. 
I like, know, but it, it's not cool to pretend to be something you're not. Oh, yeah, you never forget for money. sure. I agree. Mm-hmm. A claim called slanderous and defamatory by another member of the band. He even recalls feeling awkward when he asked for their testimonies and when fans asked to pray with them. According to Lambesis, his renunciation of Christianity made it easier to have an affair. However, since his arrest, the band has released a statement that Lambesis has spent much of his last re- last year reevaluating the originally convinced him what originally convinced him to abandon his belief in god after much brokenness and repentantness he sees things differently considers himself a follower of jesus someone submitted to the will of god or whatever you want to call it adding that's for him to talk about when he's comfortable and only time will tell when he is sincere okay so he's a christian again hooray at least that's what the band is trying to say you know, from I don't I don't know. He t- what I feel like he was being honest about when he told his wife whatever he told his wife at the end. I don't believe in God anymore. I don't love you anymore. I'm done. Like I think I feel like he was trying his best to like be done and be him his be him his true him. Okay. I feel like the band wants him to not be like that. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's if his true him is a person who does, you know, who cheats on his wife and does steroids and then wants yeah. to solicit murder. I can understand them for them not wanting him to be like that. Well, yeah, and if I don't know how many of them are on the same path as the Jesus path and how many of them have decided to convert to atheism, mm. you know, it sounded like most of them did. And one of them is like, wait, 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 no. That's not me. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Okay, moving on. So what happened in this 2016? Is the, this is the last bit of it. This is the very last bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2016, after two years in prison, Lambesis filed a lawsuit against two Southern California detention centers for gross negligence in denying his request for anastrozole. Can you pronounce that for me? Um, you can just call it Arimidex. Aramidex, yeah. all right, which is a drug he'd been prescribed to fight the side effects of withdrawal from steroids. The lawsuit alleges that as a result of the failure to provide him the drug, Lambesis developed breasts and underwent several emotional distress, severe emotional distress. Mm. His request for punitive damages of $35 million was dismissed in September 2016, but his claims of medical negligence have yet to be tried. Um, he was released on December 17, 2016. Apparently he got married. Um, in this, in this Wikipedia, it says that he got married in April, 2017. Yeah. But in another article says that he just came out, um, on Instagram with his wife. They both put a post saying that, that he got married to her in 2015 while he was still in jail. Okay. This is a, this was according to a Loudwire article. Okay. Yeah. As I lay dying's Tim Lambasis to reportedly marry in April. Uh, that's a lot. That's uh, by uh, Graham Hartman for Loudwire. Yeah, that's what it says on Wikipedia. But um, I don't know when that article was released. It was released in 2017, February. Okay, 10th, so this came out in 2019. So yeah, um, they actually got married while he was in prison still. Because yeah. he didn't want to talk about it. Like, he didn't want to talk about anything, really. I mean, I kind of don't blame him. He needs to just stop talking. Probably. <laughs> it's like he keeps talking himself into a, a deeper hole. What was just this? needs to figure out what's going on with him. Like, what what is it that he wants for himself? What is this gross negligence lawsuit thing about? <laughs> I don't know. For the... um. Those pills that he was trying to get? I don't know. Yeah. But it made him grow boobs. <laughs> I don't see what's so bad about that. <laughs> it made him grow boobs, but he also he also underwent severe emotional distress. Because of the boobs? And, well, no, because of the lack of steroids. Have you ever seen people when they're on steroids? I the roid rage and stuff like that? I don't like roid rage. That's why I don't go to gyms. I've only seen like movies and stuff like that. I've only heard of it. 
it's not it's not pretty mm-hmm. from what I've seen and heard. <laughs> but that is the story of Tim Lambesis and him hiring a hitman to kill his wife because she was trying to take their babies from him. She was just trying to, in his mind, from what I can read from this article, she's trying to paint. And this is the way it goes with with custody cases. You're, if it's bad, if it's bad between the people, you're trying to make yourself look good and you're trying to make the other person look as bad as they can so you get the custody of the kids. And it sucks. And I hate that it is like that because really... It should be equal and you should be trying to just do what's right for the kids and co-parent. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, um, maybe she was like really upset and hurt from the way he ended things yeah. too. So this is kind of how it goes. And most cases don't end where somebody's trying to hire him in, yeah. but where the one person is trying to paint somebody as the bad guy and then they have to start doing the same thing with the other person and it just gets bad and it just gets ugly and who the people that end up hurting are the kids. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Marriage Story? No. It's a good film. It, it's starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Uh, and uh, also uh, Laura Dern's also in it and Ray Liotta. Uh hmm. But uh, it's 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 supposed it's like one of the most like realistic depictions of a divorce uh, trial s- series of trials that uh, that we've ever seen. It's on Netflix. Um, so yeah, I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah, check it out. What's it called again? <laughs> marriage story. A marriage story. Marriage story. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Let me write it down. Let me see. Uh, yeah, so let me uh, continue on with another case. The case right. of one Dan Eric Markle. So he was an attorney and a law professor at the United States who wrote important works about the retribution and criminal law and sentencing with a focus on the role of punishment in the criminal justice system. So let's let's talk about him a little bit. So, uh, he was born and raised in Toronto, so he was a Canadian. Uh, he started, he studied politics and philosophy and as, as a Harvard graduate, graduating magna cum laude. I don't want to brag, but I graduated magna cum laude. Look at the big brain on you, sir. Yeah, it's so big, I can't fit my hat on my head. <laughs> well, that hat is sitting pretty bad. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, while on Durat, while on a Durat fellowship in Israel, Markle completed a graduate studies at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem and earned a master's degree in political theory from the Emmanuel College in Cambridge, before receiving his JD from Harvard Law in two thousand one. Uh, okay, so before entering teaching, Markle served as a law clerk to Judge Michael Daly Hawkins of the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Cir- <laughs> for the Ninth Circuit. And was an associate of the law firm Kellogg, Huber, Hansen, Todd, Evans, and Feigl in Washington, D.C., practicing white-collar criminal defense. So Markle joined the Florida State University College of Law in 2005. He was tenured in 2010. Markle was, uh, held, held the post of De Alambarte, law, professor of law at the FSU College of Law. So yeah, so he's a, pretty, he's a big shot. He's a pretty big shot. So, okay. Markle co-authored a book exploring the intersection between crime, punishment, and family called Privilege or Punish. Markle was a co-founder of, of a blog for law professors called Prof's Blog, spelled P-R-A-W-F-S-B-L-A-W-G. Super cool. So, his law, his, uh, his law review articles included an argument... For the abolition of the death penalty, published in the Harvard Civil Rights Civil Liberties <sighs> Law Review, a critique of <laughs> the use of shaming as a punishment, published in the law in the Vanderbilt Law Review, and a paper on punitive damages, published in the University of Pennsylvania Law Review. 
So, also interested in sports law, he and his co-authors proposed a method of giving fans an opportunity to participate in the management of sports teams. He also wrote opinion pieces for the New York Times, uh, Slate, and The Atlantic, among other publications. In addition to his scholarship, he was a consultant from the defense of the federal prosecution uh, in New Jersey involving rabbis accused of extortion by the FBI. So... Pretty cool. He does a lot of stuff in law. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, he was he shot in his home in Tallahassee. Okay? Shortly before 11 a.m. on July 18th, uh-huh. 2014. And died early the next day. Yeah, he was shot and killed in his home in Tallahassee. How does that make you feel? That sucks. Big brain gone. Yeah. But why was he shot? <laughs> exactly. Tell me. Okay, so he was talking on the phone as he pulled into his garage and said that he saw someone in his driveway. The Tallahassee Police Department announced that Markle was the intended victim and the termed his death a murder. Mm. On August 1st, 2014, the Associated Press reported that emergency medical response was delayed because the dispatcher erroneously classified the call as less serious than it was. That stinks. That's messed up. A highly regarded and popular professor, Markle was the subject of many tributes from the academic community. The day after his death, a memorial service was held at the synagogue he had attended. Congregation uh, Shamrel Torah in Tallahassee. So, So Markle was cremated and buried in the Pardes Shalom Cemetery in Maple, Ontario. A $25,000 Crime Stoppers reward was initially offered. Uh, a separate independently funded $100,000 award was offered in July 2015. At that time, uh, the one-year anniversary of the murder, the Tallahassee Police Department called a press conference and showed photographs of a civil Pine Mika Toyota Prius, asking Ooh. the public for help in locating the vehicle. What, what are you doing right now? Wrestling around. What? Why are you doing that? I'm telling you a story. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. I hear you, son. Okay. Okay. So, the police also released unredacted police reports from the crime scene in February 2016, but these contain no new information regarding the crime, only the names of the police officers who visited the crime scene. So, on May 26, 2016, a suspect, Sigfredo Garcia, 34, of Miami Beach, was arrested for first-degree murder based on a warrant issued by the Leon County judge. Tallahassee police would not release further details, but told reporters that the killing was being investigated as a murder for hire, and sources said that they expected more arrests in the case. So, they found the hit band which was this uh, uh, Sigfredo Garcia guy. Mm. So a few days later, a judge in Leon County Court ordered the probable cause affidavit behind the arrest unsealed. uh, unsealed. The affidavit revealed investigators' belief that Garcia and Luis Rivera, who was 33 years old, had traveled from the Miami area and rented a Prius, Staying in motels on the nights of July 16th, 17th, and 17th of 2014 to commit the crime. So evidence included cellular phone banking and SunPass electronic toll collection records, security camera footage from buildings and city buses along the streets. Markle and the alleged killers had driven and the testimony of an unnamed informant along with nearby witnesses. So... The morning of the killing, they had trailed Markle as he ran errands and went to the gym until they could shoot him at his home. So, pero, pero, why? I don't know. I have no idea. So, <laughs> the affidavit further outlined investigators' theory of the case that Markle's death was a contract killing in which Charles Adelson the brother of Markle's ex-wife, Wendy Adelson, and Donna Adelson, Charles and Wendy's mother, 
had used Catherine Magbanua uh, Mag as an intermediary to hire Sigfredo Garcia and Luis Rivera for the killing. According to the affidavit, the motive was the desire of the family of Wendy Adelson to show her to allow her to relocate to the Miami area with the children. Catherine Magbanua. Uh, who had Mother Garcia's two children was alleged to have the link, had been the link between the Adelson family and Garcia and Rivera. Investigators allege that neither Rivera nor Garcia knew Markle, but that Charles Adelson, Wendy Adelson's brother, was in a personal relationship with Catherine Magbanwa. That Magbanwa received a large amount of money from the Adelsons following the killing that Mag Benoit was the first call, first uh, call uh, Garcia dialed after Markle was murdered and that Charles and Donna Adelson disliked Markle. So the affidavit further noted that Wendy Adelson had been granted a 50-50 custody when the couple's mis uh, acrimonious divorce had been finalized in 2013 when Markle had won an order prohibiting her from moving to Miami with the children. In 2014, Markle filed a motion that would have prohibited his mother-in-law from being alone and unsupervised with the children due to alleged disparaging remarks about their father. So there's your motivation. Dang. So what's your opinion on all of this? It's all messed up. So the motivation was, for one, money. For two, for what the ex to be able to leave the yeah. state maybe not the state with just, the kids yeah she wanted to move to miami oh to i don't even were they in florida i didn't know if they were already in florida they might, i think they were in tallahassee that's florida yeah i don't sorry my geography it's the capital of Ta florida sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i don't know why i thought that was like tennessee or something because <laughs> it has started with the word t in it maybe just, the, yeah Sorry. It's late. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's freaking 12.30. 12.28, yeah. So, yeah. So, it was... She wanted to move to Miami with the kids, but he wanted an order which prevented her from doing that, and then he also wanted another order which permitted her mother from being alone and unsupervised with uh, her grandkids, which is his kids. Okay. So, she thought... I can see how... How grandma would have a motive, mm -hmm. more of a motive than the the lady wanting to move to Miami. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know, know how far they are from each other. Mm -hmm. I think they were they her they were both working together in order to to hire these two. I it's, mean, like I don't know how far Tallahassee is from Miami. It's, it's like it's on the other side of the state. Oh yeah, like total opposite ends. Yeah, total opposite ends. Mm. Miami is in southern Florida, while uh, Tallahassee is like northwestern Florida. Uh, okay. Okay, so a grand jury in Leon County in, indicted Garcia and Rivera on charges of first-degree murder in the co connection with Markle's killing on June 17, 2016. Rivera had been jailed on unrelated federal charges since 2014, he had pled guilty in federal court in Fort Lauderdale to racketeering conspiracy arising from his leadership from the North Miami group of the Latin Kings gang. He, he was sentenced for more than 12 and a half years imprisonment and currently incarcerated at the Coleman Federal Prison in Central Florida. The state filed the documentation with the court. This included detailed information on Rivera and Garcia's first trip to Tallahassee on June 4th to 6th, 2014, including an exhaustive review of cellular, phone, and GPS records placing them in the vicinity of Markle on both trips, and an expanded probable cause affidavit, which included photographs and maps related to the murder. The media released videos of the Prius, stalking Markle throughout Tallahassee on July 18th, 2014. Uh, Sigfredo Garcia was pictured in a Toyota Prius at an ATM in Pembroke Pines wearing a white long-sleeved dress shirt. Media reports using the release photos showed that immediately after the murder, video from a Tallahassee bus uh, showed the Prius 
going north from Thomasville Road with an individual in the passenger side changing into a long sleeve white shirt. So yeah, these guys were obviously not expert hitmen <laughs> because they were leaving like evidence. They weren't even trying to Bread hide. crumbs all over the yeah. place. And it, the funny thing is, is that it was it was they weren't arrested until two years after it. <laughs> Doesn't that make you think a little bit? No. These people. What do you think about the police work? They weren't. They weren't. They didn't catch him until two years after the actual murder, and they were leaving all this evidence all around. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. So on September sixteenth, twenty sixteen, the ABC News aired "In Laws and Outlaws." On a 2020 episode in the investigation intro, t- into an investigation into the murder, on October 1st, 2016, police arrested Catherine Mangbanwa. She too was charged with murder. On October 4th, 2016, Louis Rivera pleaded guilty to the charge of murder as part of a plea bargain in which he was sentenced to 19 years in prison, which would run concurrently with another sentence he was already serving. In his confession, Rivera claimed that Sigfredo Garcia had recruited Rivera to take part in the killing of Markle and that Catherine Magbanwa was the woman in the middle doing everything. Rivera also claimed that he did not know the names of the people who had hired Garcia and Magbanwa, but that the reason for the killing was because the lady wants her two kids back. She wants full custody of the kids. So... Because I think they had only, I think they had like dual custody, but she wanted full custody. Mm. Yeah. So the Adelsons deny any involvement according to a statement issued by their lawyers, including Charlie's close friend, Michael D. Weinstein, son of Wendy's godfather, Peter Weinstein. None of the, none of the Adelsons, Wendy, her brother, Charlie, and or her parents, Donna and Harvey, had anything to do with with Dan Markle's murder. Mm. Do you believe that? Mm-mm. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? No. What do you know? Nothing. Okay. okay. So the trials of Catherine Mangbanwa and Secreto Garcia were combined and took place in October 2019. That's like five years after the murder. In the trial, prosecutors claimed that Charles Adelson had arranged to pay Mangbanwa, Rivera, and Garcia... to murder Markle so that Wendy Adelson could get full custody of Markle and Wendy's Adelson's two sons. So on October 11th, a jury found Sigfredo Garcia guilty of the first-degree murder and conspiracy in the 2014 killing of Dan Markle on October 15th. The jury sentenced Garcia to life in prison without the possibility of parole for the murder charge plus 30 years of for conspiracy. So, the jury was unable to reach a verdict on Catherine Magbanwa, though two sources with knowledge of the vote confirmed it was a 10-2 to 2 for conviction. So, Magbanwa remains in jail, charged as a co-conspirator. So, several delays due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Her retrial is scheduled for October 4th, 2021. So, when did this happen again? Uh, the murder happened in 2014, um, but the, uh, the actual, like, trials were, like, in 2019. 14. Dang. That's a long time. hmm So, following the 2016 arrests, Wendy Adelson cut off contact between Marco's parents and their grandsons. Florida's grandparent visitation laws are among the most restrictive in the nation, leaving Markles with no way to even petition a court for a ruling on whether they can be granted contact contact with their grandsons. The Florida legislator considered a bill on 2020 legislative session, SB 1886, sponsored by Senator Jeff Brandis, that would create an additional set of conditions in which grandparents would be granted standing to access courts. So the bill was heard and passed one committee. So let's see how that goes. So, so yeah, Markle's parents are is trying to, now they're trying to get 
custody of the children of his children, which is their grandsons. But Florida's is very, their laws are very. Like, I mean, can you blame them? Mm-hmm. I I would not know who to trust from that family at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, the laws are stacked against them because the grandparents' yeah. laws is very not good. I have no idea mm-hmm. what Florida grandparents' laws are. There aren't there aren't a whole lot of grandparents' rights. Right. Period. It's mostly geared to like the initial parents. Mm-hmm. So, but like, okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's messed up. What you don't want? It's wanna... all messed up. Yeah. So in June 2021, the murder, which is like this month. So the murder of Dan Markle and the trial of Catherine Mangbanwa was covered in an A&E series court cam presents under oath. The show features footage from the trial as well as interviews with several people, including an anonymous juror, the defense attorneys, and a reporter who had covered the case. In an interview on under oath, the juror states that it was a 9-3 split in favor of conviction on Catherine's case. In addition, Catherine gives the show her first interview ever on the case via telephone from jail, thus ending the story of Dan Markle. And who? Who is affected? Who are the ones that are affected by this? Is, are you going to say the kids? The kids. I, the, we have not heard anything about the kids in this entire story. We don't have to. We don't have to. We just know that they're in a direct, directly affected by this because now, because now what? They're both their parents are in a sense essentially gone, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mom, dad's never coming back, and mom's, you know, gone. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it kind of funny? Like in all of the cases we've done, the the people ended up being like parents or family related mm-hmm. it's all family related it's uh, i don't know it's weird because at first it seems like that that's what they're thinking about they're thinking about the kids but at the end of the day they're the only ones that are left with nothing right if it if it really goes through and happens mm-hmm. and you get caught because you're gonna get caught yeah, and Adelson was actually successful in killing Markle, but she ended up get, getting, you know, sent to she jail. She got caught. Yeah, she got caught. Um, cause she what went, is it, 14? She's got four or five years where she didn't get caught? Yeah, well, she she didn't get caught for uh, two years at least. Hmm. Two to five years. <sighs> stupid people mm-hmm. and then um and then so she wanted to kill markle because she wanted full custody of her children and to be able to move to miami with the children and her mom also wanted markle dead because he won a settlement to not have her be around the grandkids unsupervised uh Lombasis wanted to kill his ex-wife to get custody of his kids. Is that right? Um, yeah, pretty much. He, Well, I think it was because she was also trying to paint him like a bad guy and an irresponsible father mm-hmm. to make it look like he can't, he can't be with the kids. At least he can't be with them the most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then also, you know, Holloway wanted to get her kid on the cheerleading squad that was her that was her motivation so let's kill a mother little girl's mother devastate her and make her freaking break to the point to where she just can't do anything in school anymore so my kid can be in the cheerleading squad yeah it's perfect it's perfect that's the perfect crime let me ask my ex-brother-in-law to set it up He'll do it. He's sketch. He's, he's sketch. Oh, oh, the police? Oh, hi, officer. What do you mean he turned me in? <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, the first, like, the first two didn't succeed. Uh, because, Luckily. Yeah, the first two didn't succeed, but the last one did. So. And yeah. it's because the second one, my story... He just went to some random dude in the gym and was like, hey, man, I want to get rid of my wife. You know anybody? 
and that guy probably like the brother-in-law was like uh you crazy bro well, even more yeah so, like, i think it's... i might know somebody like a cop okay <laughs> even more so it's like some <laughs> random dude in the gym if some random dude <laughs> said like hey man you know who you know anyone who can kill my wife i'm like, use some extra money you know what i mean Okay, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know you. Why would I do that for you? First of all, you need to go get back with Jesus. You need to go go back to Christianity. That's why he did it because he wasn't a Christian. Because only Christians, non Christians, do that, right, Eddie? Right, uh, Jessica? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's 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 the Hitman episode. That's it. All right. So. Uh, yeah, and also happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy Father's Day to all the dadas. Okay. Did you have a good Father's Day, Jessica? <laughs> yeah, we had some good food. It was delicious. Okay. Did all you right. do a, a good Father's Day for your dada? Yeah. That's good. All right, I've been Nathaniel <laughs> Happy Love. And I've been Jessica Vega, not poop. <laughs> that was a good joke. No, not at all. I think so. For a five-year-old, maybe. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay. Hey, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica. Yeah. I love you. Love you, too. Okay. Let's. All right. And we'll see you guys in a fortnight. Two weeks. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to A Vision Podcast, home of Wacky Talkies, The Kingdom, Evil Exists, and many more.